Hello! Welcome back to the Long Distance Love Bombs podcast. I am your host, Dr. Jeremy Goldberg, and today's guest is Lori Gerber. Lori is the head coach of the Handel Group. She's been coaching individuals and couples for more than 15 years. She's been on the Dr. Phil show. She's been on the Today Show. She really knows her stuff. And in this episode, in this conversation, we dive into honesty and lying and how we all do it. And we talk about what we can do with that information. How can we start to uncover the things that we truly desire? How can we work through the stories and the lies and the discrepancies that we tell ourselves each and every day? How can we make honesty sexy? And in that, how can we use honesty to create the life that we really desire? How can we improve our sex life? How can we improve our relationships? How can we improve our health and our food and our bodies? All of it. It's all connected. Lori is great. She's very open. She's super honest. She talks... (laughs) very candidly about her own life, her own stories, her sex life. This is a fun episode. I really think you're going to take a lot from it. There are very specific, pragmatic, practical things that you can do at the end of this conversation that will influence your life for the better. So don't just listen. At the end of it, take out a piece of paper and do some work. Get curious about yourself because that is how you improve things. Okay, without further ado, Lori Gerber. And I think we are officially having a podcast. Lori Gerber, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Jeremy Goldberg. It is Uh, great to be here. I'm excited to chat with you. We just had a very brief intro and we talked about finding God, finding your bliss in the middle of a pandemic, etc., but for those who have no idea... It was a small, small chit-chat. It's a little tangent straight into small. the deep end. For people that don't know you, who are you? What's your deal? What are you passionate about? What is my deal? Uh, I am passionate about making the truth sexy. That's oh. what I'm passionate about. Let's start with what I'm passionate about. Okay. That's number one. Who am I? Lori Gerber, New York City, born and bred lover of personal growth, all things personal growth, head coach at Handel Group, which has been around for about 16 years, teaching a specific life coaching methodology at places like MIT and Stanford and NYU and in New York City public schools where my kids go, and to thousands and thousands of individuals. So I've been in that business for since pretty much since it started at Handel Group. And it just keeps getting better. For me, it was, it, for me, it was, it blew my mind how different the handout method was than other methodologies I had tried. And so I'm just testing to see how long that will last. And so far it's been about 16 years, like <laughs> indelibly better. Like my body is healthy and happy. If you go to my Instagram page, you'll see me at size 14. Like people don't believe it, but you know, I was not happy in my body. I was not happy in my marriage, which I just celebrated 22 years of marriage. I was not happy in my marriage, was not happy with my parenting, was not happy in my career and had done so much yoga, so much meditating, so much therapy, so many books, so many courses. Um, so it blew my mind. And then I haven't shut up about it since. And when it stops working, I'll stop talking about it. Okay. 
<laughs> and so, so all of the meditation and yoga was not as effective as the sexy truth telling. To exactly. Your... Somehow I managed to keep lying and hiding in all the most important areas of my life, despite the yoga, meditation, therapy, courses, books, and gurus. So what's an example of you hiding behind lies? Um, and one, there's so many lies. There's so many kinds of lies, right? There's so many kinds. <laughs> we, we, we have summarized it into seven different lies, which if you, you know, if you watch my TEDx on the topic of lying, you will, I can map them out or we can do it here. But um, the, my most common lie was denial. Like, mm-hmm. like if you, denial of my dreams, denial of what I wanted, and also denial of my current reality. So you would have asked me my dream. My dream was, I wanted to be a yoga girl. I wanted to be spacious in my body. I wanted to dance. I wanted to play. I wanted to be flexible. I wanted to have great posture. But I was actually slumped over a desk 11 hours a day under fluorescent lights, eating carbs and dairy at every meal, which I'm allergic to both. Right? <laughs> Just like, and then making no connection between that reality like no connection between my choices and the reality i was living i really would have told you like it's my heredity it's my dna it's genetics it's it's the cult like what i'm gonna what eat vegetables what that's that doesn't taste good like (laughs) or we'll take my marriage right same thing like it's fine right that was a lie it was not fine it was sexless it was boring it was sad it was at best, a decent business partnership. It wasn't fine. It was, you know, my coach made me rate it on a scale of one to 10 and it was a four. That's not fine. Fine is a seven. Yeah. Four is failing. Four out of 10. Four is failing. Four doesn't feel good. And it didn't feel good. That's why I was eating so much too, right? Like it all went together. And then career was my third area. And again, the lie was it's fine. And God, I wanted to believe that. I really wanted to believe that. And then the lie was we weren't doing well because it was someone else's fault. Mm. And then the lie was, I don't know what I want to do. You know, like there were, there were so many lies that just kept me, you know, eating for fun, right? Eating for fun and ignoring the actual reality of not Mm. fulfilling my purpose and not fulfilling my dreams. Will Ferrell just flashed into my brain when, uh, that scene in the movie Elf when he confronts Santa Claus and he says, you sit on a throne of lies. Do you remember that part? It's I bit, vaguely <laughs> can recall. It's a bit random, but I picture you as like on top of this mountain of your life as the, you know, the queen of badass mountain. And <laughs> you kind of dig in a little bit and you're like, oh my gosh, none of this is This real. is quicksand. Yeah, this is a throne of lies. Exactly. And what did it get me? It got me looking good on paper. Mm. That's it. And barely. Right. Not I didn't even look good to that many people, right? I just look good in in my world, you know, in my lineage. I look like you know, I look like everyone else. I ran a small business. I had a marriage. I had a body that wasn't, you know, I wasn't obese, right? Like, like Yeah. I looked pretty good on paper. It was good enough on paper. It was good enough on paper that nobody was really gonna ask me the truth until I met this coach. I was going to say, so what changed? Like, what was the rock bottom or the inflection point? Really? It was 
two young kids at home, exhausted. I now have three, but at the time it was two. And trying to keep my business afloat, trying to keep my marriage together, trying to, you know, do it all and keep looking good on paper. And then I look over at my friend, Lauren Handel Zander, like Handel Group is just her maiden name. She started the company with her sister. And she had the same demographics. She had two young kids, a husband, a body, a business, and she was buoyant. She was so happy. She still is obnoxiously happy. I find. Yeah. Right. And just like you've met, you've talked to her, right? Yeah. She was on the yeah. podcast. Yeah. So she, she offended me with her happiness. <laughs> like it was offensive. And the contrast just, again, I was in the same self-help things she had done. We, we, we had met in self-help. So I was like, what, what did I miss? Like, wh- where did it all come together where you actually got to be happy in your life and you actually were bouncing around? And, and so, um, that was the turning point when I saw the contrast and I saw that she could do, she did it. Mm. So I was like, if I just do what she did, I bet I could have it too. Mm. Cause I have the similar raw materials. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you have a life, right. And a pulse and yeah. a brain and a hand and a mouth, right? Yeah. Like maybe if I, and she literally had to take me to the store and be like, this stuff will make you feel good. This stuff will not make you feel good. And I was like, this can't be right. <laughs> yeah. But I love this stuff that makes me feel terrible. I love it. And she's like, what if you love your husband and your children? What if you love yourself? What if you love exercise? Yeah, that doesn't wait, but that kind of sounds good. Like I've heard of that. Yeah. That's so, you seem to like it. It looks good. Maybe I should try it. I suppose seeing somebody in real life that you know, that you can relate to, that you don't have on a pedestal, is really inspiring in some ways of like, hang on. Like, I know her. She's not that special. It was a game changer, honestly. And it it really, and I had done a lot of personal growth where I didn't want to be the person I was learning from. I liked the information, but I didn't it didn't resonate fully, like emotionally, spiritually, and physically. And that really changed with Lauren because I was like, oh, she's actually walking her talk. And she's not making it look perfect. She's not making it look easy. She's not making it look, I don't have to do it like she does it. But I would like my kids to sleep through the night. I would like to be fucking my husband. I would (laughs) like to be loving exercise. Like there are some things I wouldn't mind doing quite like her. Yeah. I think you've touched on an important point, which is that you found your messenger, so to speak. Like, like for me, Tony Robbins is an example of a guy who is just not my messenger. He like, I don't want his life. I don't want his stuff. Right. Right. But I read his books and I'm like, that's really good. You're a fucking genius. Oh, I've never thought of it that way. I love that. And there's a gap between that knowledge and me striving to actually be my version of him, so to speak. Right. 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 And I, and I think in this space that we work in, um, people will often like you'll go to a yoga class and you don't like it, and suddenly it's like, oh no, I tried yoga. I don't. Yoga is not for me. It's like, hang on. Right. There's like a smorgasbord buffet of an infinite size with infinite right. flavors you haven't even dove into. So you found your you found your messenger, and then like, what was day one like when you began to? Yeah. The other thing about Lauren, which since you've met her, you know, is that I also found someone who wasn't manipulatable. 
<laughs> like she she wasn't she takes no shit it, it just was like the the jig is up like stop why are you even trying to manipulate the world because you're only robbing yourself that was the other thing is that there was there's no doctrine in the handout method it's like it's your doctrine is your own heart your i i, I said this to someone my, my heart is my president right like what we're not asking you to bow to anything other than your the truth of your own heart and to care to figure that out so it was like, why am I going to manipulate to try to, and I still to this day, of course, try to manipulate to look good to other people to get pats on the head versus ask myself what I really care about and what I really think. And she just wouldn't, she just wasn't interested. <laughs> she just wanted to know the real truth about what I cared about and what I wanted and then what I was doing to convince myself I couldn't have it and to debunk that. And she would debunk it like, it was nothing. She would shoot it down like it was the stupidest thing she ever heard. And, and no one ever did that before. And she doesn't hide her disdain for that story either. She's just like, that's bullshit. What are you doing? Right? It's very plain spoken truth. It was revolutionary. It made me mm. want to make truth telling more sexy for more people so we could be relieved of all the effort, <laughs> the time, and the struggle of pretending. Mm. Yeah, I often say that for me, honesty is simply the best policy for a lazy man like myself. Like, exactly. it's or most efficient. It's just it's it the really easiest. Is. I'm like, I don't have to remember all those lies. I can just kind of be myself all the time. I don't have to try super hard. Like, and it's relaxing for the people around you. Oh, it's an I invitation. Mean, it's lovely. Yeah. And, and, no, and nobody thinks... Nobody gets the joke. Right? Like everyone's doing it for everyone else, right. supposedly. Like I'm lying for you, so you'll like me. Mm. Is it working? Do you feel better? <laughs> and so, nope. so what? What were some of the the first stories that you began dismantling or along? So your... the first the first mind blowing thing was she was like, we can't really work on anything until you can control your hand, like until you can decide what you put in your mouth. Until I prove to you, you actually can change your mind and master your mind and decide what you put in your mouth. It's a little bit backward for me to be now advising you on other stuff. So the first thing we did was quit sugar, mm. which was <laughs> not what I came to coaching for. I came to coaching to help me build my business. <laughs> right. mm -hmm. A socially acceptable reason to ask for help. And remember, you know, sugar was my best friend. Sugar was my soulmate. Sugar was what I turned to for comfort, for entertainment, for calming myself, for avoiding my feelings, for avoiding intimacy with my husband, for really, and to this day, I find it to be a fabulous drug. Um, so that was the first thing. And it blew my mind that it was so connected to my self-respect and my self-love and my ability to trust myself and my confidence. And it gave me a healthier, happier body, right? Like, and <laughs> that yeah. other lovely side effect of making me feel sexier, wanting to, like my libido coming, you know, all the things, right? All the things mm -hmm. that just a little bit of healthy lifestyle would lead to. Yeah, and I suppose it was evidence of your own determination as well as a little morsel of possibility, right? Of like, wait, hang on, if I could do that, Exactly. What else is possible? And it was this every day, right? Just like an alcoholic does one day at a time of not drinking. It was this every day of like, 
who's in charge today? Who's in charge of this moment? Who's in charge of this moment? Who's in charge of this mm-hmm. moment? So it was this amazing spiritual practice. And she was the, also the first person who ever even gave me the concept that like, oh, what you put in your body is a spiritual practice. Like what, like this food could be a really deep, beautiful ritual, or it could be a way to check out of your life. Like that's the gamut, you know, to, to make you sick, right? Like that's the gamut you go on. Like why not come all the way over here to making it an homage? Yeah. I feel like we've kind of lost sight of that as a society, that very basic biological concept that what you consume, you become. It's like if you right. eat a bunch of deep fried pizza and Cheetos, like that's who you are. That's, that's literally. Yeah. Right. And I, I wanted to be dead, right? Like you could say I wanted to be mm. dead in a, in a way, right? Like I didn't want to feel. I didn't want to be nourished. I didn't want to be vital. I didn't want to be alive. I didn't want to feel my aliveness. And so with every choice to eat, you know, a vegetable or a salad or a piece of fruit, it was like, you know, I came into aliveness and presence yeah. in a way that I would not have been able to do it without that. Without that. Right. So it, it was, it, as, I, as you know, it was a very multifaceted um, technique it, it caused a lot of exciting dominoes to fall. And the next domino to fall was in my relationship, right? And, and so the first assignment we give clients is admit what a 10 is on a scale of one to 10 for you right now. Yeah, I know. So I, I, I work with- um, Did you do Jill, it? <laughs> I work with Jill Alvin, who's also on the podcast. Yeah, and that one was good in that I've used this with clients previously as well, but it's like oftentimes we can lie by admitting that or not admitting, but we can lie by suggesting that my life is all a 10, or like nines or tens. Or we lie by saying, oh, it's, it all sucks. It's all a two or a three. And right. my life is want, want, Eeyore, you know, right. terrible. And right. so, Exaggeration or under-exaggeration. There you go. Two, two of our favorite types of lies. Yeah, so we give you a rating scale. So you kind of have to tell the, you know, you don't have to, but we, we find lots of ways <laughs> to encourage you to articulate what a 10 is. And if, and if it doesn't sound resonant, like if it doesn't sound like viscerally compelling, we're like, nah, try again. Why do you care about that? Why do you care? Why do you care? Why do you care? Like I eventually, I I realized I I wanted to be sensual. I wanted to be alive. I wanted to be, I wanted to be present. I wanted to be there for my kids. I wanted to feel pleasure. Like I I, I found a reason other than vanity to care Mm. about my health and my body. Mm. Then I had to answer honestly, what did I want in love? And I pretty much boiled down to connection and intimacy, which is probably what it would for most people, though it took me a bit to get there. So then the second exercise is, okay, if, if that's a 10, where are you now? Right? I had to admit I was like a four or five with love and why. And then you explain all your reasons. And then Lauren shoots them down. <laughs> and then your coach debunks them. No. So... I would explain, you know, my husband is a jock and he doesn't really like talking. And I tried talking to him once and it didn't really work. And, you know, he's just not that kind of guy. And I just need to make my, like, it was all his fault that we didn't have intimacy. And, and then step three, right? So you, what's the ideal current rating? Why is it at that rating? List all your excuses and dumbass theories and then debunk them. <laughs> Consider them wrong. Right? Mm. Consider that you are lying. It is not his fault. Mm. So then Lauren 
does this thing which no other coach therapist or course had ever made me do. She goes right up the conversation you want to have with him where you find out the real reason and go have it. And so I write out the dream. I'm just posing a simple question. Why do you think we don't have this? Like, what's the real reason? I think I don't really know. And then take notes on the answer. Sorry. Like, remember to take notes. Okay. <laughs> so I sit him down. I read him the dream. Long, long walks on the beach. Pina coladas. No, just long, yeah. just long walks on the beach. Deep connected conversation. And I admit that I didn't give it a high rating, but I didn't really know why. And could he please tell me? And at first he, he brushed me off and did not want to give me an answer. But I knew I was going to have to report back. Power of accountability. So I basically begged. I mean, I basically said, like, anything you can tell me would be greatly appreciated. I promise I'll be nice. I want to take notes. I'm so curious what you have to say. Right? Already being a better wife than I had been in years. <laughs> and he goes, all right, fine, I'll go for it. Here's the thing about you, Lori. I know you get away with this with your girlfriends, but uh, every time I try to speak to you, I get maybe two or three sentences in before you interrupt me. And it's not even on topic. Like you make, you make it all about you. And that's like, it's like a physical assault for me. I cannot get my train of thought back. I stopped trying to talk to you years ago. Oof. And I was like, mm, not what I wrote in my homework. <laughs> <laughs> but then your life flashes before you, right? Then you're like, oh. That's, that's true. Like, shit. Yeah. I did do that. I didn't even know, like, I didn't even know that was bad. I thought you didn't want to talk, right? Like, like all my excuses and all my rationales and what I would have forgotten what I was going to say, but I was anxious, but you put the point at the end of your story, but you, you know, like, we're different cultures. You know? like, mm -hmm. I'm from New York. I'm a New York Jew. He's a Midwestern Presbyterian. What do you expect? Mm -hmm. But then I had the moment, right, where I was like, oh, shit, I'm going to have to account for this. I'm not going to defend myself. I'm not going to be an asshole one more time. I'm going to listen to what he has to say, and I'm not going to argue. Like, it sounds a little bit like what coworkers and my brother used to say. Like, it, he, maybe it's me. <laughs> like, maybe he's right. Mm -hmm. So I apologized for the first time and meant it and really vowed in that moment, given I said love, honor, and cherish in front of everyone, and had never really followed through on that agreement that I would attempt to zip my lip when he's talking. Mm. So I may, and then we go to the next step, which is now you have to make a promise. So we concocted the promise, no interrupting for every interruption, one minute of a blowjob that he could cash in any time he wanted. At the time, that was a very good consequence. Now it is no longer the consequence, but because he should get blowjobs anyway. But at the time, that was really smart. Like, put your mouth to good use, Lori. It like doubled to get our sex life back together. And it just, because I'm selfish and lazy, it made me aware. And I zipped my lip and I reduced my interrupting by a humongous amount, yeah. humongous amount. And then guess what happened? Your sex well, life improved? <laughs> definitely, definitely. Your communication improved? Definitely, yep. In intimacy and connection flourished? Yeah. It all, it all fell into place, not how I thought, right? But it all fell into place because the more I listened, the more he wanted to talk. And the more he wanted to talk, 
the more I wanted to listen because he does yeah. put the point at the end. Like he, he does talk differently than I do. Yeah, I think that's an important point as well when you said it happened, but not how I thought, right? So we all have this idea or this plan of how it's supposed to be or what I'm supposed to do. And we've been trying that for months or years or decades. Yep. And we're not getting that thing that we want. And that leads to frustration, apathy, distraction, addiction, withdrawal, etc. Yeah. And, and, it, and the narrative that you've tried everything. Yeah, I've tried you everything. You actually haven't tried everything at all. We've tried everything except going into the cave that you don't want to enter, right? Which is... It's, it's a bit oh, funny, right? Maybe like it's my fault. Everything but that one door where it's you. <laughs> yeah, maybe I'm the problem. Yeah. yeah. It was quite... And to this day, 16 years later, I still... Now I do a chore of his if I interrupt. And I had to do two chores this week of his like I did the dishes this morning because I'm still an asshole (laughs) (laughs) I am a human yeah I'm not perfect I'm not on my own pedestal either so that's a thing that you have in your relationship still as like an operating system yeah exactly are there others that you guys use that are like so many here's here's my chart you can you can see my daily my daily okay so the promises she's held up a clipboard with like a spreadsheet looking thing that has like 30 <laughs> columns. Something like that. It's and probably so, more. But I don't so, recommend having that many promises. So. But that is that like a daily check-in or a weekly thing? Yeah, this is a day. I have all the days of the week and all the promises because I don't like to have to remember anything or think about anything. Like this tells yeah. me to do my vitamins. This tells me to plug in my phone. This tells me to not interrupt right. my husband. This tells me to do my cardio. This tells me to meditate. This tells me to, you know. It's still me everything I need to know. I don't have to remember or think about it's anything. Like a, it's like a Lori Gerber's thriving life for dummies. Exactly. It reminds exactly. me of as a kid when I would get gold stars on the wall for like, you know, taking a bath or whatever. And it was like a big deal. My, my mom would like yep. stick the thing on I the wall. I still get gold stars for taking a bath. <laughs> yeah, right. That's exactly right. But so for you, that works really well and that helps you to do the things that you need to do to yeah. have the I best life. Yeah, I think most people, if you're up to a lot, like if you have a lot of dreams and there's a lot you want to be doing, you should not be using your mind to remember things. Our minds are not actually that good at remembering things like that, that, mm. you know, that are like lists. We don't remember mm. lists very well. Mm. But most of the important things to me that take up time go in my calendar and I just follow my calendar like that. That really works well for me, Um, including unscheduled time, right? Like I follow, I follow that too. Like play. Um, Yeah. Play time or just nothing time or whatever. So it's not like every minute of my day is scheduled, but what's important is designed. Yeah. And recorded. So I don't have to think about it. So I can just think about this conversation, right? Like, or. And trust that everything is. And you trust that, like, I have my list. My list is good. I don't have to worry about anything. I not only have my list, but everything on that list that takes up time is in my calendar. So I don't, right. I know I'm going to see my kids later today. I know I'm going to have special time with my husband later today. I know I'm going to have sex twice a week this week. I know I'm going to exercise five times. I know I'm going to meditate. I, I, I don't, it's in my calendar. Like, it, it fits. It's not Wait, so something you, I have to worry about or think about. So you schedule sex into your calendar? I like, do not like Tuesday, so Thursday. Some things, some things get scheduled into the calendar at a time. Some things just get scheduled conceptually, like they take okay. up space and can be moved. Gotcha. Because some things are conducive to 
like dinner is every night at 630 in my family. Everybody gathers. I have a 16 year old, a 17 year old, and a five year old and my husband and I. So we gather yeah. 630 on the dot, but sex is not scheduled in that way, but it's okay. in the calendar because it's important. I, it's important. And I, and it takes time, right? And, and I'm, so, if, so if you're like, I want to talk to you tonight at 10 o'clock, I'd be like, mm, no, <laughs> I'm, I'm busy. Stuff to do. Yeah, I got stuff oh, to do. Geez, I got, that... I've got a guy to do. <laughs> so okay. If it takes some time, it's generally, it's generally in the calendar or yeah, that's, that's pretty much true. I'm, I'm just trying to see if I actually did put sex in my calendar. I, I probably didn't. But it, it's, 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 I mean, it's just, the, just the, the probably, the probably suggests that like, maybe it's happened before, but that's okay. Like I, I wouldn't put it past me. Let's put it that way. I wouldn't put it past me, but it's from nine 30 at night to five 30 AM is three times. So it's yeah. handled within that. But I know I have a promise to myself twice a week because if I'm having sex twice a week, things are good with me and my husband, like things are nice. Things are groovy because the glow lasts a few days. So it's, that's what works for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, makes sense. I think so. Uh, okay, we're we're way on a tangent off tangent. So favorite. B- hang on. <laughs> Back to honesty, lies, and secrets. I'm thinking right. if somebody's listening right now, and they're like, "Yeah, I get that. Maybe there are places that I'm not being fully honest." Like, like, what do you say to people? How do you encourage them to? dive in or get curious it sounds like there's a lot of humility that's required yeah i mean we have this wonderful inventory right even if you just listen to the tedx talk you you'll get enough to do the inventory but obviously at interview life our digital program there's a whole module on it and you we walk you through it but the inventory is brilliant it's fascinating it's so it's like universal and unique, right? It's universal that we all lie. It's been scientifically proven. It's universal that we all exaggerate, omit, have secrets we're taking to the grave, you know, under-exaggerate, misrepresent, outright lie. You know, we all do these different types, but everyone's flavor is different, you know, which is so cool and interesting to me, like the different flavors. So we're Um, all dishonest. A hundred percent. Even pigeons lie. Right? According to a study that I read about, you know, if a pigeon is, they, they did this test where the pigeon would get a cookie if it reported seeing the color red versus yellow, and it would lie that it saw red, right, instead of yellow when prompted, right? So mm. like, we'll do, creatures will do anything for a cookie. Right. It's, it's not moral. It's more like, I just want what I want. I'm, gonna, I'm just going to do what I need to do to get what I want. If that's avoid feelings, if that's get, get a kiss, if that's get laid or whatever, like we just yeah. will do. Yeah, we're, we all, we're, all, we're, we're all grown up toddlers. Like if you've ever spent some time with a toddler, they just want whatever the fuck they want and they will scream and cry and lie and manipulate yeah. and be your best friend and flashy little oh. twinkly eyes. It's just like, all the things my five-year-old has perfected i know nobody can see me but you can see the it's like a lip quiver (laughs) a bottom lip lip but but to your point the smorgasbord of uh, or the the wide assortment of possibilities we have to manipulate that's what's so cool right like that we can charm cajole threaten 
tantrum, guilt, outright lie, gaslight, you know, like divert mm-hmm. the intent. Like we have such a repertoire of, of ways to lie. We're we're experts. We started doing it from when we were we could first speak, if not sooner, right? Like I think mm-hmm. babies fake cry before they can even speak. So it's natural. So the inventory is really fun, right? So if, now I do find people are more likely to admit that they lie to themselves about like their dreams or what's really going on than if people are less keen on admitting they lie to other people because somehow that seems way worse. Like mm-hmm. not me, I would never, but yes, you. Yeah. So, so, so if you're yeah. listening, you're a liar. Yeah. Just accept it. If you're it, a human. Now we have to deal with if it. If you're a pigeon, you're a liar. If yeah. you're a pigeon, you're a liar. <laughs> to all the so, pigeons listening. Yeah. All the pigeons listening, <laughs> make your inventory right now or else. No. But the yeah. thing that we really, um, the way I want to try to make telling the truth sexy is to try to explain that there's no morality to this. This is not morality. This is about having your dreams. And this is about being true to yourself. What is the truth anyway? Right? Like, that truth is pretty relative in a lot of cases. So this is, a, this is a process. This is a lifestyle. This is not like a, you're a good person, you're not a good person, or you're a liar, you're not a liar. We're all liars. We all lie. What's interesting is to figure out how we do it, why we do it, and what we really actually care about. And then if you find you actually really care about intimacy and connection, and you really care about making an impact on the world in whatever way you are here to offer that, and you get yourself very engaged in that, those things, like sweating those things, pursuing those things, your need to lie really diminishes, which I think is, is you know, sort of your story is like, well, what if I just reduce the need to lie? What if I just mm. focus on being myself and then I don't have to? Yeah. And what, what I've learned through that is even that that story is a lie because I don't always be myself. Like I have this idea of my identity right. and what that is. And it's definitely closer to that than it used to be. But I catch myself on the, if not me catching myself, my girlfriend catches me <laughs> nearly every day. I'm like, it's just a look or a, yeah. I feel like something's off. And I'm like, no, it's fine. I don't, I don't know what you're talking about. I'm I'm just being me. It's cool. Everything's fine. It's like, no, my spidey no. sense is telling me otherwise. Jeez. They always know. They do. They do. It's good to have other people around. Yeah. yeah. And it's really good. I've recently, only recently committed to myself to assume I'm lying every day and just try to catch it. Like I just reversed it. I'm not running away from being a liar. I'm running mm-hmm. towards it. I'm like, yeah. what did I loophole today? What did I avoid today? What did I forget to report? what like let me find it because that takes away the judgment as well right yeah so so you're not shaming yourself for it you're kind of rewarding or celebrating your discovery exactly making it sexy because then and p.s every time i ever tell someone that i lied or i tell the truth or i reveal a secret that i thought i should take to the grave i get a good like i people appreciate humanity because it gives them permission to be human and we all have our list. And we all wish we didn't have to pretend like we didn't. Mm-hmm. So the person who's brave enough to go, I farted, right? I pick my nose. I, you know, not sure how to define my sexuality. I, I'm not sure we should be friends anymore. I, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. That's, that's the hero. <laughs> the, heroes, the hero in the room. 
Yeah, it's heroic just to be human, to be messy and uh, uncertain and unsure of yourself and confused and struggling. It's like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right? It's like, it's so refreshing to see that. If that's how you are that day, if that's how you are that day, if you're also like really freaking happy, that's cool too. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm glad that like, going back when we, we first met on this conversation and you were like, how are you? And I paused and I was like, you know, got a lot of shit going on right now. Yeah. I'm not super yeah. great. <laughs> like, yeah. It's awesome. But it's nice. And then, it. and then immediately though, we can connect on a real level. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Cause I'm yeah. like, don't say you're fine guys. Yeah. It'll be awesome if you don't fine. And anyone a... who can't handle it. They're not your person. Oh, well. You don't need everyone. It's okay. Yeah. Okay. So they, they make the inventory. They get across their whole life in various categories rank it one to ten define what a ten actually is define where you are in life currently get curious about the stories that underpin your various lies right and then go about targeting those lies daily yeah debunk your dumbass theories right tell the truth the truth is we weren't intimate because i was interrupting all the time the truth is my business wasn't building because I wasn't doing business development. The truth mm. is I felt like shit because of what I was eating. I weighed what I weighed because of what I was eating. Nobody was making me eat that. It wasn't true that I couldn't have fun if I ate healthy. Like just debunk, 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 debunk. Mm. And then you're like, okay, well then I guess all that's missing is a plan. I'm going to eat this. I'm not going to eat that. I'm going to have sex twice a week. I'm not going to interrupt. I'm going to do business development for an hour a day. Right? Just like, yeah. could it be that easy? Oh, shit. And like, what if it was? Right? It turned think, out to be. I think a lot, of, to be. a lot of people I've worked with and, and myself and my own lived experience, I, I have this story that change is hard and that it's going to be so brutal and so grueling. And then there was also another story that I had to confront that others do as well, which is like, it needs to be hard. Uh, it needs to be a struggle to overcome because that what makes it um, rewarding and that's what gives it glory, right? And this idea that change I understand change can be easy and relatively fluid and flowing, not super disruptive. You could actually love it while you're changing. This is a really powerful reframe, I think. Yeah, yeah. It, you can have it your way, right? I think that's an ad. You can, you can have it your way. <laughs> Right. Like I, I believe in pain-free natural childbirth, right? I don't believe that childbirth Pain? is inherently painful. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Now on my first birth, it was pretty painful. Even though I hypnotized myself to believe it wasn't going to be, it was five hours, which was pretty nice, but it was painful. Second mm -hmm. childbirth, pain-free. I was in my own home in a bathtub, like put myself under hypnosis. I had a little bit of pain at the five hour mark. Then I realized I thought the baby should be born because the first baby was born after five uh, there's hours. No so I was like, Oh, right. Limiting beliefs. I got in communication with my midwife. She told me everything was fine. She made me check my own baby, which mm -hmm. I then I was very empowered. I did use my hand once again to, to, to lead to good and then no pain. And then third baby, I almost missed the birth entirely. <laughs> it, was like an, it was like an hour of like, I don't know, it was, it was so fast. I can't even. 
remark. I was, it was slightly painful because I wasn't going to actually, like the midwife wasn't going to make it on time. Like, so I was scared, right? So when I was scared, it was painful. When I wasn't scared, it was not painful. So what was my point? I don't know, Change, but I, so I like Does that. it have to be easy? Does it, can it be easy? Can it be hard? Like, I don't begrudge that I had a painful first birth. Like, I'm not like, oh, poor me, or too bad I didn't succeed at that. Or like, yeah, it was, it was painful. You know, I, I don't, I, sometimes I like the, the narrative of it's going to be hard, but I'm yeah. going to do it. And sometimes I'm like, man, let's have it be easy. So, sorry, you've opened the, the can of worms. Now I'm, I, as a dude, I'm very intrigued. But how did you self-hypnotize yourself? So well, that aren't we hy- kind of always self-hypnotizing? Okay, well. <laughs> no, yes, but I literally followed, I literally followed a. Like a, a, a system, right? Like a, but it's, I'm not like, you can teach hypnosis is deep relaxation. That's all it is. Yeah. So I, I re, you know, I program my body to be able to fully relax, but I also program my mind. First of all, we're brainwashed about how birth actually works physically, physically, right? We're doubt everything you read here and see. Okay. Like we're brainwashed and you just have to ask yourself who's making money off of this. And then you will discover the bias of whatever you're reading. But the, the woman's body is not, it is actually designed to be able to give birth. It's not designed to be induced or, you know, like I'm not saying things can't go wrong, but like I re-educated myself as to why my body could easily do this. Mm. And I, I brainwashed myself or I brain dirtied myself, however you want to say it, but I changed my mind about what I expected from birth and what I expected from my body. And I, I learned how the body works and how the, how the uh, chemicals were, you know, the, the hormones and all that. So I, you know, I changed my mind enough to give myself a very different physical experience than most people have. And so would this same system be applicable to any kind of belief or story you confront? I like, think so. <laughs> Cause you like, you realized that you were telling yourself a story, you had some expectations uh, and then you sought to like rewire your belief system. Yeah, I mean, if that didn't happen, nothing would change on the planet Earth. Right. If we didn't go, oh wait a second, maybe, you know, maybe it is okay that I express my gender this way. Maybe it is okay that I love that person. Maybe it is okay that I pick my nose. Maybe it is okay that I farted. Maybe it is okay that. I sometimes look at other people and I'm attracted to them. Maybe it is okay that my father hit my mother. You know, mm. not okay, like good, but like I could live through that. I could be with that. I could accept, come to accept that that was my, my reality. And so how do you deal with the confrontation of the desired new belief or story and the old ingrained, like, this is how it is, kind of entrenched narrative because like, there's a clash of those there's so right? many good answers to that question i'm just trying to pick my okay. favorite so i will say one of my favorite aspects of the handel method is what we call haunt unraveling where you and again no therapist had ever thought of this <laughs> with me right is where you actually go back to the scene of the crime and you actually go back and you say when you said that what did you mean I thought it meant this, mm. right? I had a series of conversations with my father that I really thought meant certain things, Jeremy. And I was just dead wrong. Same as I was wrong about my husband. 
And to this day, I'm still going back and being like, wait, so what did you mean? You know, one of the most haunting things he said to me was the most important thing to do is find your passion in life. I was actually haunted by that. I took that as an indictment that I didn't have one. That's how my screwed up brain heard that. So, the, so, and I have 30 examples like that, like what I made of it when that person did that, you know, that girl bullied me in high school and what it meant when, uh, you know, what that breakup meant and what it meant when I did that mean thing to my brother and what, like all the things. And they each have these little gems in them. So I go back to my father and I go, you know, what did you mean by that? And he said, well, I don't know. I was just, you know, first of all, I was just bullshitting, right? Like I was just, I was just spouting off, right? So that was number one debunked myth, right? I thought it was the most important piece of advice you ever gave me, right? Second, he was like, it did seem to me like people who had their passion were happiest. Like that did seem true to me. Mm-hmm. So I guess I meant it. So I was like, oh, okay, that's, I agree with that, right? So that was my second aha moment. And then he was like, I never found mine. So Mm. I thought, you know, this would be good. And then I was like, whoa, it never even occurred to me you were a person, a human being with the successes and failures and actually wanting better for me, like did never cross my mind. So he says that and I'm like, again, you know, my brain explodes. And then he goes, and by the way, you you have one. Right? Like what you're doing, that's your passion. Right. And I was like, oh yeah. <laughs> I, was like, I thought you meant math and science or like a sport or a hobby. Right? Like I thought you meant some little thing that I don't even care about when you said like, how much did I diminish my father and how I interpreted what he said, mm. but played it all lied, twisted it all and said, he diminished me when he said that, not I diminished him. And then she sends you back to go find out what the heck he meant. <laughs> so why do you think we do that? Like, why do we choose because the lie? Because we're chicken shit. That's all. We're just chicken shit. We're chicken shit, chicken shit, chicken shit. That's the moral of the story. You don't want to be great. You don't want to fulfill your destiny. You don't want to be intimate with people. You don't want the pressure of being awesome. Period. Duh. Who? I'd rather eat fucking ice cream. And avoid intimacy and watch TV. The only problem is my heart won't shut up. It just keeps knocking and going like, but Lori, I think it might be nice to like love, honor, and cherish. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. it's kind of annoying that these kids keep bugging you. Like, you probably would feel better if you slept better. You know, like, it's like the heart doesn't shut up, it, it, you know. Mm-hmm. So, that's the only problem with our big plan to avoid our purpose and intimacy. But so you said the pressure of being awesome. Like, what does that mean to you? I think we all have a purpose. I think we're here for a reason. I think the soul, hold on, I lost you. Are you still there? Yeah. Sorry. I lost you. I clicked something and I lost you. Sorry. It's okay. (laughs) That was so scary. See you, I don't ever want to get intimate. <laughs> Everybody leaves me. <laughs> Life is so fragile and fleeting. No, but really. Yeah. That's my point, right? Like it, it's best case scenario, one of us dies. Mm-hmm. So the, the inevitability of 
our death, the and the vulnerability of having to show up or thinking you have to show up, you know, it just it just blows the surface. <laughs> we just don't. Mm. We just have a lot of trouble with that, and there's not a lot of role models either. You know, yeah. making it look fun and sexy to mm. to show up every day and be willing to fail, right? And be willing to be great, and then suck the next day. Yeah. Is that, is that like a cultural thing? Is that just a human thing? Like, do I'm we... pretty sure it's a human thing. I, I'm sure different cultures embody it a little differently and have certain, you know, yeah. advantages in certain times of history, but it feels quite remarkably human. I feel like perhaps at the root of that is if we try and fail, then we will be kicked out of the group, right? That we'll... sounds like something humans believe to be true. <laughs> But what, but what I found in actual real life is that when you try and fail and you include people in the journey, you stay in. Right. You attract more people because they're like, yeah. oh. Humans. Yeah. Whew. I mean, what have, we, what have we not talked about? Have we, have we, we covered all, a lot. I mean. <laughs> we did a lot. We're all over the place. We didn't talk about Finding God, but that's another podcast. Yeah. <laughs> they, can, they can watch the other one. Um, is there any, is there any like final words of wisdom or encouragement or like if you had to bestow one idea into the soul of everybody listening? Well, the one idea I want to, like, I I often think like if I was on my deathbed and everyone was listening, I would say, figure out how to tell the truth or figure out how to tell more of the truth more Mm. of the time. Cause that is my best advice. Uh, but there is one principle I didn't talk about in the Handel Method that kind of like ties us all in a bow, which is that concept of the artificial consequence. And that is one of the special sauces of the Handel Method that, again, no, I had not found anywhere else. And so I had never followed through on things. Like if I didn't keep my food plan, I would lose my protein bar the next day, which was my only treat. If I don't mm. have sex twice a week with my husband, I have to have sex outside of the bed. Which again, lazy and selfish, don't like to do it. Right. If I if I'm not on time for dinner, twenty bucks to my kids. Mm. If I'm late for my bedtime ritual with my husband, a hundred push-ups. If I and as you recall, if I interrupt, I still have to do a chore of his. So these artificial consequences are the special sauce or the they're the tool that makes me alert right? It makes me intelligent. It makes me resourceful so that I will remember to organize my calendar in such a way that prioritizes the things I say are most important to me. Right. And then crucial to the consequence, though, is accountability and follow through, right? Like you've got to actually do it. Correct. Which is why we have coaches, why we have our digital program that comes with a buddy system. Like Mm. we have tried to make this affordable for anybody. Like Mm. anybody can figure out how to make and keep promises and be accountable to somebody. I think that's a really important revelation that if you're listening, it would be really useful to embody that is like, you can change. Like this isn't like, oh, you're, you're missing some kind of piece of software that you weren't born with motivation or intrinsic discipline of some kind like you come fully equipped like you've got it everything's there Uh, yeah it's just a matter of kind of getting some clarity and some 
some rituals or some structure around how to actually make it happen. A really nice summary. Thanks, Lori Gerber. I'm, I mean, I'm a professional podcaster, so, you know. <laughs> You'd be amazed at the range of quality out there, Jeremy. <laughs> Not everyone can synthesize like you. Um, okay, so, Lori Gerber, where can people find you? Um, you've mentioned the Handel Method. I'll include some links in the show notes to that. Um, and your TED Talk. Yeah. Are you, are you on Instagram or do you have a website or? Yeah. The website I would say to check out is innerU.coach, which is I-N-N-E-R, the letter U dot C-O-A-C-H, innerU.coach. There you will find the digital programs, which are awesome. And then you guys have your special coupon, Love Bombs, which right now gives you half off of that course. Inner You Life and Inner You Love, which is our gen- general program and our program that specifically focuses on all things love. Mm-hmm. So Love Bombs, appropriately, is your discount code for that. So that's a website I would look at. I'm Lori Gerber underscore coach on Instagram. That is L-A-U-R-I-E, G-E-R-B-E-R underscore coach on Instagram. And Handel Group is also on Instagram, at Handel Group. And those are fun places to keep in touch and find out about all our free stuff and free stuff, fun stuff, blogs and such. And I think that's enough. And there's the TEDx talk, which, which is fun. Yeah. I'll put links to all that in the show notes. So if you're listening, you can just scroll down, click it, check it out. Um, Yeah. But I I feel like that, um, it's that like shampoo commercial where the guy's like, I'm not just a a client. I'm also a member of what it's like. Like legit. Hair club for men. Yeah, whatever. Yes. Like, All legit. right, well, give your testimonial. Well, like, I am in it. Like, I am coached by one of your coaches, Jill, who, who kind of laid into me a little bit on the podcast episode when I asked her, like, I thought we were going to be like buddy-buddy, but, you know, she's all into this honesty thing. And I was like, all right, one out of 10. Like, how am I as a client, you know, thinking like, the story in my head is like, I'm good. I do my shit, you know? And she's like, nah, maybe a six. And I was like, a six? I love it. Like maybe a 6.5, I think is what she said. Or... Nice. And I was like, yeah. So yeah, nice. I've, I've seen um, progress. My, my girlfriend has seen progress. Um, nice. It's a really easy, applicable, uncomfortable system. Yes. <laughs> easy, applicable, and uncomfortable. Yeah. It's that. I do like how you synthesize things. I mean, it's true. It's, like, it's just, it's like when you're ready to stop fucking around. Like when you're ready yeah. to actually stop fucking around, stop pretending to do personal growth, yeah. stop spiritual bypassing, you will sit down and do what the MIT students do and write out your damn dreams. <laughs> and yeah. watch what happens, people. It's quite miraculous and scientifically proven. Yeah. It's like, uh, for me, I often say to clients, like, that's a cute story. And I had to say it to myself, like, like I'm kind of tired of dealing with my own shit. Like, I recognize that there's some spaces there to improve and reflect. So, um, Laura Gerber, thank you for your time and energy. I appreciate your openness and honesty and wisdom. And, um, yeah, I'll have to have you back at some stage in the future. Awesome. It would be my pleasure. I love podcasts where I feel more calm, relaxed, and enriched by the end of them. So yes, have me back. Okay, gladly. Um, Thank you again.
Rock on. It's a fun one, right? And remember, take out a piece of paper. Get curious. Rank your life in various categories, one to ten. What are the lies that you're telling yourself each and every day? How can you address them? What do you really want? What do you want? What do you want for your life? What kind of relationship? What kind of body? What kind of health? What kind of mindset? What do you want? Because only by identifying that can you start to put things in place to help get you there. So do that. Thank you for listening. I've included links to all of the references in the show notes below. Her, um, her Instagram, the Handel Group coaching program, which I highly recommend. I literally use it. Um, I think that's it. Thank you for the reviews. Thank you for sharing this with friends and family. It helps me to get the word out, make a positive impact. I appreciate the five-star reviews. And thank you for listening. Thank you for being here. Thank you for supporting. Go out and have a good life, you know? May as well. <laughs>